my heavens, are you kidding me? Look at that little bear sitting in here. Look how cute she is. Oh, and we have a princess, and we have a hoverboard skater girl, and we got a bro. Oh, we got our whole fam. We're gonna go see some ducks, right? Whoa, go, Posey Rain. Check that thing out. This is Posey. Show them your new and Everly got her grandma got her this cool hoverboard. Look at how beautiful. That is a quick clip from the LeBrant family, the insanely, crazily popular YouTube family that has a gazillion views. Everything they post is real catchy. And it's, once you start watching, you're not going to stop. See, after talking to the journalist for Tessa Latifi about medical influencers and what it means to post videos of sick kids, I got a little obsessed with learning more about the LeBrants. You'll remember we talked about them in the last episode when we mentioned a kid having a seizure and going to the hospital and the parents posting all about it on their YouTube channel. See, I was just sort of amazed that I had never heard of this wildly popular, like one of the most popular influencer families. They just never come up on my radar. We say this all the time, but it's because there's so many influencer families that you just, you're never going to see all of them. But the LeBrants are among the most popular. I mean, their account boasts something like 13 million subscribers. Their videos have gotten well over 100 million views. They are the classic influencer family. When you think about an influencer family straight out of central casting, you would probably pick them. They're very blonde. It's a very blonde, very white, very, very, you know, um, how would I say this? How would I, how should I, how could I say this? Conventionally good looking family. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about them because <laughs> now it's in my head and it's going to be in yours. Sorry. Sorry. The LeBrant family consists of Cole and Savannah LeBrant, and they've got four kids, Everly, Posey, Zealand, and Sunday. Savannah and Cole have been doing this since 2017, actually a little bit before 2017 when they first got together. Their wedding video went fully viral and since then they've filmed everything from the births of their kids, finding out they were pregnant with their kids, first days of school, hospital visits, all everything, everything. And they also weirdly seem to make a lot of slime. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of slime making in their videos. They've also had their fair share of controversies. Back when the wildfires were ravaging California, they posted a video called We Left Our House Because of the Fires in California, which made people very worried for them, as it should have. But it turns out they were nowhere near the actual wildfires. They just left their house because Everly has a fear of fires. And a lot of the followers that came to this video that saw this headline and clicked and were concerned, rightfully concerned, for the LeBrant family felt that they had been been duped, been duped, that this was clickbait. And they've done this a couple of other times, too. We talked about this with Fortessa 
they posted a documentary, which was just a, a really long video. Okay, can we not bastardize the word documentary here? But it was called She Got Diagnosed with Cancer. And it made it seem as if one of their children had been diagnosed with cancer. That was not the case. And a lot of people felt really tricked by that, too. On a more upbeat note, Everly, the daughter in all of this, just released a music video entitled Like Taylor Swift. And the song is catchy, and it's fun, and it's going viral right now. It got released earlier in September, like September 4th or something, and it is all over the TikToks. And it is clear that she is definitely, definitely following in her parents' influencing footsteps, which got me to thinking, are the kids okay? Not just the LeBrant kids, but the kids, the kids that are content, the kids whose lives are content. I think about them more than I should. I think about them, I mean, I don't think about them more than I think about my own kids, but I think about them a lot. And the problem is we haven't gotten to hear from a lot of the influencer kids because they're still young, but a generation of them is starting to come of age and they are now talking about what it was like to have their entire lives put online. And spoiler alert, they're not okay. They're not okay. Some of the kids of influencers even want to disown their own parents once they turn 18. Because in a lot of cases, they feel like their lives have been ruined by having them put all out there online. I am here with the wonderful journalist Vertessa Latifi, who has written about this subject for Teen Vogue and for the Washington Post. And she did an incredible piece for Teen Vogue that has completely stuck with me since I read it about the impact on children who can finally speak out about their parents essentially sharing their entire lives. How did this story come to you? I think like a lot of us as journalists just have these like weird pet interests and influencer culture and especially kids and mom influencer culture has always been one of mine. And I think, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if it has to do with I'm 30 and I grew up watching like the 16 and pregnant kind of thing take off. And so that was a documentary series on MTV that turned into Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2 and et cetera, et cetera. But like, I just have always been so fascinated by like portrayals of like childhood and parenthood online and in the media. And I don't know, I'm kind of obsessed now with the idea that like, there's kids who are who are reaching adulthood who has lived their entire lives either online or on camera you know whether it's MTV or whether their parents are the producers like this is a whole new way of living it really is and I love that you grew up with the teen mom franchise yeah because when I was a young journalist and covering celebrities I covered the teen moms yeah. And the 16 and pregnant. So it's it's crazy to me that the, the teen mom babies are now the same age as when their teen moms <laughs> had them. 
I know. I know. And for some of them, they've been on on TV this entire time. You know, like the cats have changed. And so not it's not the case for all of them, but they have been in the public eye, you know, and they were literally born on TV. Like their actual births are broadcast on TV, like wild. And they became celebrities. These teen moms became celebrities. And I remember at the time that a lot of traditional celebrity journalists and traditional agents mocked the phenomenon of the teen mom becoming a celebrity. But they did. They were covered like celebrities. They made money from branded content and celebrity appearances. And, you know, so so did their their kids uh, at some point. And I think now we're seeing influencers reach the level of celebrities as when we Mm -hmm. talked about this in in the last episode. So I love that your fascination with influencing content started there because, yes, now influencers are the next generation of reality television stars. And I think that journalists need to cover them the same way we would cover any celebrity who has influence, Mm -hmm. who people people listen to because a lot of these people have more followers than your favorite indie movie actor yeah right yeah yeah a lot more people are listening to them so you did this story the headline of it is influencer parents and the kids who had their childhood made into content Mm -hmm. and the quote the quote that is right there under the head is haunting it's Nothing they do now is going to take back the years of work I had to put in. Mm -hmm. Because make no mistake, these kids that appear in influencer content, they are working. Oh, yeah. They really are. And so talk to me about talk to me about the woman who begins this this story. Her name her name is Claire, right? Yeah, so I call her Claire to protect her privacy because she's not yet 18. So she doesn't want to, like, come out with her actual name until she can, like, not have to live with her parents anymore, which Mm -hmm. obviously is fair enough. Um, Yeah, Claire has been on YouTube since she was a toddler. The first time she went viral, she was a toddler. And it was only, like, a few years later that... Her family's YouTube channel grew enough that her parents uh, quit their jobs because it was, you know, kind of like the family business now. And that was that was keeping them afloat. And she has never really known a life that doesn't include a camera being pointed at her. Wow. That's a lot. What, What kinds of content were her parents making? Yeah, I mean, it was like kind of typical family vlogger content. So I just don't want to say too much because there's like so many sleuths out there who I really don't want to figure out like who she is. But I think one of the fascinating things about this was that like I was posting this story on TikTok and stuff and people were like guessing who she really is in the comments. And like the sheer amount of possibilities of kids that she could be was like mind blowing. Like it wasn't like there were like two or three guesses that it was like obviously one of these three kids. Like it was like it was like 25 kids that they were like, hmm, this fits this. And I was like, that's so wild. Wait, back up, back up, back up. So that part of the story is crazy to me that you write, it's so meta is what it is. You write yeah. the story and then there becomes a whole guessing game mm-hmm. about who this young woman, who, to be fair, 
should be able to have agency over her life and protect who she is because she was broadcast without her permission. But then Mm -hmm. all of the commenters are desperate to find out who she is. I know. And some people are like, oh, my God, this is totally going against like the heart of the story. Like she deserves like privacy, like stop guessing. And like I didn't like respond to anyone that was like guessing except to say, like, isn't it wild that there are so many options? Because I do think that's really fascinating to think about, like, okay, a family vlogger family. Okay, she's not quite 18, but she's like a teenager of some kind. And like it just like. Oh, just the like desire for people to like want to know everything about her, even as they're reading about how she doesn't want anyone to know anything about her is like really wild. Like on TikTok, people would be like, I just can't wait for like the memoirs from like family vlogger kids. And I was like, yeah, but they also deserve to like just not be such a like I if that's what they want. If that if that's what they want. And maybe that's not what they want, because there will be right. a lot of money. There will be a lot of money in that market. And once the robots take over everything else that you can write, their story may still be their own. So if they can sell it, good on them. Yeah, I know. I know. I guess we'll see. But it's just like, oh, it just bums me out. Like, I feel like even as we're talking about like, wow, your parents made all of this into content. We're like, give us more. <laughs> give <laughs> you us know? more. Give us more. And so, all right, the comments, comments go wild. And how does Claire feel now you you wrote that if it were up to claire none of this would have happened none of these videos were existed Mm -hmm. and i can't help but feel that a lot of these kids who have their pictures taken and videos taken of them without their consent will feel the same way yeah i mean i'm trying to figure it out like if other kids do feel the same way or don't feel the same way so like just FYI to anyone listening, my DMs are always open. I can, I want to hear from you. Um, but it's, it's interesting, right? Because they, like, this is just like a level of celebrity that we've never really had before. Because I think the fascinating thing to me, I mean, one of the things about family vloggers and influencers is that like, these kids are famous for being themselves. And like, when I think about like celebrities, when I was a kid, like, oh, Macaulay Culkin was like famous for being Kevin McAllister, you know, or like Hillary Duff was famous for being Lizzie McGuire, but they weren't famous for like their own like personalities. Did that make sense? Like there was no boundary. There's no boundary between like the influencer kid and their public persona. Exactly. Exactly. These these kids are famous, again, not because they wanted to be famous, but just for being a toddler who maybe shits their pants yeah oh my god oh i just can't imagine like being able to like i don't know google your classmates like potty training habits right or we just in the last episode if you guys haven't listened to it go back we talked about medical moms on tiktok and instagram but we talked about the lebrant family and (laughs) how they made content out of their kid's seizure and so when he's a teenager is he going to be seizure boy i don't know i don't know there's it's just hard because i don't i think like one of the like nice things about growing up is that you get to like leave parts of yourself behind like as you grow out of them but like it doesn't really feel like these kids will have that like quote luxury like because everyone can see everything about them from like pre-birth yes Yes, from pre-birth, from, I mean, it's, 
it's all out there. You have no control over who you are um, online or what strangers have have seen of you. And that's who that's a lot. That's a lot. Do you know, did you ask Claire if um, if they've talked to their parents about this? I I mean, yeah, I definitely did. Their parents know that they don't like love the YouTube life. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. did say to their dad once, like, um, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't want to make YouTube videos anymore. And her dad kind of had this like response that was like, okay, well, fine. But, you know, we have to move out of this nice new house that we got. And mom and I are going to have to go back to work. So, you know, you're going to be like home by yourself after school or whatever. And there's going to be no money left over for like nice things. And so it's like, well, is that really like a choice that you're giving them? Oh, yeah. If you if you don't let us keep filming your life for content, we'll be poor and moving on the streets. Yeah, you're like a child. Like, obviously, that really like hits you like and then Obviously, I think most kids want to please their parents. So you want to be like, oh, no, no, it's okay. I don't want to make you like go back to work or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or I don't want to lose our house. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. I know. It's very heartstring tuggy is what it is. And yeah, I just I I don't think we know. I don't think we have any idea what the impact is going to be on Mm -hmm. on on these kids and claire told you too that she's considering when when she finally turns 18 having no contact with her parents that she plans to speak out publicly about this and she may even use her real name uh but Mm -hmm. she wants she wants her parents to know like this is this is it she's she's probably gonna cut them off and that that is also a different kind of heartbreaking I know. I know. It's really sad. I mean, I think one of the things she said to me was that, like, she doesn't think that they have, like, a normal family dynamic. Like, obviously, she doesn't really know because she's only ever been in this one family, but that, like, they talk about YouTube all the time. Like, it's like everything is very centered around, like, the business. And, like, her dad tells her, like, I'm your dad, but I'm also your boss. And, like, it's just... You know, I mean, it's just it's just terrible because she doesn't get to redo her childhood. No, we never you, you're never going to do over of your childhood. Mm-hmm. And and to be fair, all parents will fuck up their kids in their own right. ways. <laughs> pick your even, poison. <laughs> pick your poison. Even kids who are not on YouTube and whose seizures have not been turned into content will hate their parents for something. Everyone needs therapy. No, I. Yeah. <laughs> I was not a child YouTube star, and I was definitely fucked up by my parents. But this is a level of fucked upness that I actually think should maybe be regulated. Like There should maybe be laws around this. And we're going to take a quick break, and we will talk about the potential for those kinds of laws when we get back. Hey, all. I want to talk to you about one of the things that I'm doing to try to make my life a little bit easier, just a little bit more enjoyable in the evenings, which are so freaking crazy. With three kids in this house, frankly, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. So I recently started using HelloFresh. I just got my first box this week. And I've got to tell you, it made life 
so much easier just because I didn't have to plan what I was going to have for dinner. Just taking that planning, taking that decision making out of the equation made life a lot nicer at dinner time. And HelloFresh is one of those services that sends you all of the ingredients in a box. It's all ready to go. There's over 40 recipes you get to choose from every week. So there's always something new and delicious. The ingredients are all in season and they're straight from the farm to your door. The great thing is they do the shopping and the meal planning for you. And I hate going to the grocery store. I don't have time to go to the grocery store. My kids are monsters inside the grocery store. I don't even know what to do with the baby in the grocery store because she can't even really sit in the cart yet. So this way, all of the stuff just comes here. It comes here. It's exactly what we need to cook a meal. So there's zero waste. There's also all of these yummy add-ons that you can get. So they'll send you desserts like apple cider cake with caramel sauce, something I would not make on my own, or a mini pumpkin cheesecake which is a perfect size for a mini dessert. It really takes the hassle out of mealtime for me, and this is no BS. I genuinely, genuinely adore this service, and it's a lot cheaper than takeout. It ends up being something like 25% cheaper than takeout, which is really nice. And the fact that it cuts down on my stress is freaking invaluable. So I want you guys, if you're looking for ways to not go to the grocery store as often or just have someone take all of the decision making out of your brain and take over it for you, which I think a lot of us as parents want, give this a try. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 Rush Hour. That's 50, the number, and then Rush Hour, R-U-S-H-H-O-U-R. Use the code 50RUSHHOUR for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Now, this offer is for new subscriptions only, and it varies by plan across nine different boxes. Again, that is code 50RUSHHOUR at HelloFresh.com to get 16 free meals. I genuinely think that you guys are going to enjoy America's number one meal kit. I do, because I am. It's making my life a lot easier. So we we just talked about Claire, who was so raw and honest when you talked to them about how they really think their childhood was ruined by having a star mm-hmm. in, in their parents' digital content. And now I want to get into the laws that could exist for child influencers, the laws that I think should exist because we've seen them exist for child actors. There is the Coogan Law, which Mm -hmm. has existed in Hollywood for a very long time, that says 15% of minors' earnings that when they're acting in Hollywood productions must be set aside by their employer, their parents, in a blocked trust. But so far, there are not similar protections for child influencers. But we might see them soon. What have you seen on the political front that could be on the horizon to protect kids like Claire? Yeah, so it is pretty wild, first of all, that we're like multiple decades, like arguably at least two decades into like influencing as a career. And we like still 
the only state that has a law protecting the earnings of child influencers is Illinois. And they just passed it like a couple months ago. Like it's literally brand new. And they're hoping that that's the Illinois government is hoping that this will be kind of like a model state for other states to follow. And I do know that other states are like looking into like, you know, doing the same kind of legislation, but federally there's nothing. And I mean, in 49 states out of 50, you're you're not protected. And the Illinois law is still hazy on how exactly kids are protected, right? Well, I think the the wonder, the issue is that we don't know yet like how it will be enforced. So I think the idea is that it's a safeguard and that if kids reach 18 and they learn that, you know, nothing was saved for them of the money that they helped make on this content, then they have like a legal avenue. So they can say there's law against this. I can sue my parents, whatever. But like that's like not a simple thing to do, you know, like hopefully parents will see this and like abide by it. But you, I mean, you really just don't know. And that has nothing to do with, you know, the privacy issues or that kind of thing. So it, I mean, it's a step forward, but it's so small. It's so small. It's so small. It is not a proactive law at all. It's uh, it's to me kind of post haste too. like, oh, you have to endure all of these years of shit. And then if your parents don't do the right thing, maybe you could sue them. But that's also going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what would I don't know how kids will use this. And oh, I mean, it's only one state, right? Like that's the thing yeah. that like is is really painful, I think. And there are like other states that are looking into this, like California, Florida, Texas, Washington State. Um, and advocates are like very pleased by this and see it as a very hopeful step. So I do think like I do think maybe sometimes the first step is the hardest and like that first step has been taken. Yes. Totally agree. And I want to see more of these steps and I will do everything in my very tiny, tiny power to try to push (laughs) this legislation and coverage of this legislation through because the influencing industry is only getting bigger and bigger. And we're only going to see more and more children be exploited for content. I don't mince words when I say that. They are children. They are being exploited to work and for content for adults to make money. And they deserve protection. And the internet companies are not going to give it to them. They're just, they're just not. But no. my other, my other concern, and this is something that you touch on so beautifully in the piece that you wrote for Teen Vogue, is that these images and these videos of kids go out there. And then they're also opened up to really nasty criticism online. And the comments that people will write about children on the internet are disgusting and abhorrent, and it makes me fear for humanity. Yeah, it's pretty mean. I mean, like, the internet is a mean place, right? So, like, putting kids into that, like, I don't know, there aren't really, like, that many guardrails around it other than, like, basic human decency, which, like, sometimes doesn't do anything. So, yeah, I mean, people are really mean to these kids, or even if it's not, like, I don't know. They just have so many theories and thoughts about them. And is this one, is this toddler who's on TikTok autistic because they're like obsessed with pasta right now? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure just like every toddler is obsessed with pasta. But like, 
it's just like millions of people just like pouring over your kid's life and being like, you know, taking every piece of it apart. And then imagine being that 11-year-old child going back Mm -hmm. and reading comments about yourself. Are they autistic? They're ugly. They're stupid. What's wrong with them? And we wonder why this generation has so much anxiety and so much Mm -hmm. depression. Because this can happen even if you're not an influencer. And it's certainly amplified if you have millions of followers because, you know, crazy is exponential in that case. You're definitely going to have more nasty people. I really can't believe how nasty these people are about kids. Like, who is the person that decides to say a toddler is ugly on TikTok? Who is the person? Who is I don't know. What is what is wrong with them? Just oh, it's very I, strange. Sometimes I think people are bad, but then these children have to read this. And any anyone who posts any pictures of their kids, me included, I still do it, even though I took a lot of them off and I try to be better. We all try mm-hmm. to be better, but still post more than I should. Anyone can write nasty shit about our kids and then they'll go back and read it and read how strangers commented on them. And that is going to create even more anxiety for these children in the future. Yeah. I mean, just it just seems like kind of a nightmare. Like even when like once in a while my stories will like go viral or like a stupid tweet or something and people like go through my online presence and like screenshot pictures and be like, oh my God, like, why are you so ugly and stupid? I was like 30 years old and it's still like kind of a bummer, you know? So like, I can't imagine being a kid and just being like, wait, why do all these people have an opinion on me? And like, why did my parents let them? Yes. Why did my parents allow this? Essentially, it is as if we were back in the middle ages and you just decided to parade your child into the public square and be like, let the thou comment on them. And then right. everyone starts hurling tomatoes and rocks at your kid. That was a weird analogy. Weird. I haven't had enough snacks today. But yeah, that's, that's not good. That's not good. I'm going to have a lot of snacks right after this. Good. I want to end this episode on a bright note because we always we end on a lot of downers. And I feel bad because I want you guys to feel really good after listening to this show. I feel good making it. I'm so excited to be here talking to you for Tessa. But this one, there is an upside to this. You talked to a lot of parents who are saying, nope, no more. I'm taking I'm taking my kids off the socials. We're we're done ski. So who are who yeah. are some of those who are some of those moms and why did they decide to do this? Well, so one of the moms that I talked to for my first influencer story now has gone viral for like a bunch of other things and people don't even realize she started as a mom blogger. So Bobby oh. Altoff. So I don't know if you know her. That's... No, I don't. You're giving oh us gosh. so many you're giving us so many gems. Tell me Bobby oh, Altoff's story. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So she's really young. I think she's like she's like twenty-six, maybe. And um me at thirty. Twenty-six is so young. Um And she has two young children. She started off like sharing content around motherhood and she got like a couple million followers on TikTok. And then she eventually, I ran into her content. And by the time I did, she was 
um, calling her daughters by pseudonyms and not showing their faces. So she calls them Richard and Concrete, which is just like also just kind of funny. Um, and I asked her, like, how did you change this? And like, was it hard to like pivot your content? And she was just like, well, it was exactly that, that she started getting like really mean comments about her daughter. And she was just like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and now if you like looked at her social media, you might not even know that she's a mom. Whereas she made her first couple million, um, her first couple million followers off of like mom content. So what is, what does she post now? What is, what is the future for mom influencers who decide not to post their children? Like what is, what's their shtick? Yeah. Well, now her shtick is like this kind of like, um, kind of like Aubrey Plaza style of like humor where she just like talks to really famous people like Drake and like Tyga and Mark Cuban and like and like just kind of does this like deadpan sense of humor with them. But like even before she got into that niche, which is just like a few months old, she would like still sometimes post about like being a mom, but it would always like she kind of like walked this really interesting tightrope, I thought, because she would post about like her own anxieties about motherhood or her worries that like she wasn't doing a good job or like worries that I think probably sound very familiar to everyone who's a parent. But she would never like say anything personal about her children and she would never show them. So I do think there's like a way for mom influencers to kind of like change their content. And we're seeing that really like in so many places, like a lot of the big influencers on TikTok specifically, like Maya Knight, do you know her? No, you are a treasure. Oh my God. Of treasures. I just spend too much time on like Reddit and TikTok thinking about stories. I am, but she has like over 8 million followers on TikTok and she got them from sharing her twin toddler daughters. And now like about like nine months or a year ago, she just was like, no, I'm not showing their faces anymore. I'm not sharing anything like personal about them. And so now she's, it's interesting to kind of like watch these people try to find like a new niche when like people came to them for like parenthood and cute kids. Yeah. And that those audiences don't necessarily cross over to satirical humor. No, no, they definitely don't. And people get like really upset. Like I've talked to a few um, parents who I'm still trying to get on the record, but they have said things like, you know, the way that people reacted when I stopped showing my kids, like showed me that I did the right thing Um, because people were like so devastated. And so, and yes, it is uncomfortable to realize that strangers are that invested in your children. Right. Wow. Wowza. Yeah. All right. We are going to end with something (laughs) that I like to ask many of my guests, but I often forget. What are you happy to be influenced by right now? Oh, man, that is a good question. Isn't it? I love this one. What am I happy to be influenced? I'm like, let me think about all the things that I'm unhappy to be influenced by. What is the opposite of that? It doesn't have to be on the socials. It can be a book or a TV show or a a kind of cheese. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like my favorite thing in the world is like to end my workday and to like pick up my Kindle and 
turn my phone off and just like read. Like I read so much and people are always like, how do you find the time for that? And I'm like, it's because I have so much anxiety from work that I just like want to not exist in the real world after. (laughs) So just like shout out Kindle, shout out Libby, which is the library app that you can use to borrow books on Kindle. So uh, that's that's the vibe. You know what? I didn't know that you were a Kindler. I just sent you a hard copy of Sicilian Inheritance, but now I'm emailing you the PDF. Oh, my God. You're the best. I'm going to switch between them. Okay, great. Yeah, well, have a <laughs> The actual hard copy, like the galley, is is it's hefty. It's a, it's a it's a it's a big galley, and it's really beautiful. But now you have instant gratification because it's we're gonna get off this podcast, and Sicilian inheritance is literally in your inbox this second. Being this is what I'm about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm just about bringing people joy through yeah through truly excellent, adventurous, slightly feminist novels. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait for you to read it. And I'm I'm so happy that you are finding your joy and that you gave our listeners so many rabbit holes to go down. That oh, my God. That are, that are going to ruin the next eight hours of their life. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, sorry everyone. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, not sorry, friends. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs>